0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Voters may get to weigh in on two ballot propositions in this year's municipal election. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider a proposition that, if approved by voters, would retain the 1% seasonal sales tax increase and use the revenue to replace aging school infrastructure. Since 2004, the city has raised the sales tax from 5% to 6% each summer, but under the current code, that seasonal increase sunsets if all school bond debt is paid off. This year, the bond debt was retired and the sales tax didn't increase for the summer months. However, with no funding mechanism to replace the city's aging school buildings, Prop 1 sponsors want to ask voters to restore the 1% seasonal increase each summer to pay for aging school infrastructure. The second proposition the Assembly will consider putting out to voters deals with who can be on the Sitka School Board, which has experienced a high degree of turnover over the last few years. Current code prevents city employees from serving on the school board. The proposition would open those seats up to city employees, provided they do not work for the school district. In other business, a group of Sitkins who live in the 3400 block of Halibut Point Road are calling for the Assembly to reconsider its decision to overturn a permit denial for a residential treatment center that would serve teens and young adults experiencing homelessness. The Assembly has several options as it considers the request filed by Carolyn Black and 22 other neighbors. It can deny the request, grant the request, and deliberate – or grant the request and call for an argument, which would essentially work as a closed-record appeals process in which no new evidence can be accepted, and the arguments would be limited to specific questions or issues. Finally, at 5 p.m. tonight, prior to its regular meeting, the Assembly will host a ceremony celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Memorandum of Understanding between the City and the Sitka Tribe of Alaska, the first compacting agreement of its kind in the state. Raven News will broadcast the Sitka Assembly meeting tonight at 6 p.m. following Alaska News Nightly. The Sitka Fine Arts Camp is suing three federal agencies for failing to grant a work visa for the organization's theater director. The camp isn't pulling any punches. The defendants named in the suit are Merrick Garland, Attorney General of the United States, along with the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security and the Director of the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, or USCIS, and the Director of the USCIS California Service Center. The camp alleges that its technical theater manager, who oversees the operation of the Sitka Performing Arts Center, was wrongfully denied an H-1B visa, which covers specialty occupations that require advanced academic education and training to perform. According to the brief, which was filed July 7th in the U.S. District Court of Anchorage, the Sitka Fine Arts camp had previously employed the individual under an optional practical training program, or OPT, which allows foreign students to work in their specialty for one year following graduation. The individual in question had recently earned a Bachelor of Fine Art in Theater Performance from Midwestern State University in Wichita Falls, Texas. The Sitka Fine Arts Camp hoped to extend the individual's employment by filing a petition to classify him as an H-1B non-immigrant, which would have allowed him to keep working for another three to six years. The United States Customs and Immigration Service denied the application on June 16th, prompting the lawsuit, which is accompanied by 359 pages of exhibits attesting to the applicant's qualifications for H-1B status. The Sitka Fine Arts Camp argues that the agency's decision was arbitrary, thereby disrupting Sitka Fine Arts Camp's operations and impeding it from accomplishing its important mission of providing the youth of isolated Alaskan communities with exposure and training in the arts. The camp is seeking a reversal of the H-1B denial and attorney's fees and costs. The Sitka Fine Arts Camp is represented by the Nation's Law Group in Anchorage, which did not return a call by press time. White Pass and Yukon Route rail workers voted last week to authorize a strike. The railway is Skagway's biggest employer and one of the most popular tourist attractions in southeast Alaska. A strike will not happen right away. Negotiations are bound by the Railway Labor Act, which requires mediation and a 30-day cooling-off period before workers could strike. Jason Geiler chairs the local chapter of the union that represents White Pass's 27 Alaska-based engineers, conductors, and brakemen. He said the vote was overwhelmingly supported by union members.
1: I think that many of the group feel that it's unfortunate that at this point, the company has yet to come forward with a recognition of the, the wages that we do deserve.
0: In a press release, union vice president Brent Leonard said the railroad's pay has not kept up with the cost of living. Geiler says union members want to keep working, but they also want recognition for the work they do
1: it's an opportunity to be able to participate in these once in a lifetime opportunities and experiences with these guests who come to visit skagway and here in alaska
0: as of monday morning representatives of the railroad had not responded to a request for an interview Nearly 700 sites along Tongass National Forest streams could obstruct fish from migrating. That's according to a new report from the U.S. Forest Service. As Angela Denning with Coast Alaska reports, there is a plan to deal with the old roads and culverts causing the problems.
2: Restoring forest land from old logging projects has been a tough lesson to learn. Back in the 50s and 60s, timber was harvested throughout southeast Alaska without plans for how all the construction— like roads, culverts, and bridges, would affect fish habitats as they deteriorate in the years to come. And that deterioration has proved to be a big problem for fish.
1: Fish migrate, so we need to ensure that they have that opportunity.
2: Sheila Jacobson is a fisheries program manager for the U.S. Forest Service. She is leading a new project that seeks to restore all 700 of the crossings on the Tongass that aren't up to the current federal standards. She says migrating fish, including salmon, steelhead, and trout, swim into human-caused barriers left over from those days of heavy logging.
1: This project really is aimed at restoring fish passage across roads and motorized trails, which are fragmenting fish habitat across the entire forest.
2: The federal agency has been documenting these stream crossings since the early 1990s. The Forest Service has tried to restore them one by one as funding allows. Now, they've compiled all of them into one project, the Tongass National Forest Fish Passage Restoration, which can be added to as more crossings are identified. Jacobson says it should make for a more streamlined process.
1: This sets us up well for being able to capitalize on some of the new funding streams that have been coming up in the past year or so. And then partners are able to help us with grant opportunities as well. So we are definitely being able to get more project funding for this particular issue.
2: The Forest Service isn't the only one restoring streams on the Tongass. The agency has several partnerships, including the HUNA Native Forest Partnership. Ian Johnson runs the environmental department for the tribe, HUNA Indian Association, For the past five years, they've run programs that have local workers restoring watersheds in the area. Huna is on the northeast side of Chichikov Island. Johnson says streams there have been affected by past logging. When fish aren't passing through a culvert, you know, if there's a meat or perch or something on the backside, people can see that. Johnson says around six years ago, the tribe surveyed the community about environmental issues, and stream restoration was ranked number one. He says some community members had worked for the logging industry in the past. There were a lot of folks here who were a part of the logging and you know, experienced the logging and um, those that, that had concern at the time about the effect of logging right up to the stream edge. Now, workers with HUNA Native Forest Partnership fix culverts and bridges and reintroduce wood into watersheds that lost that natural process through logging. Johnson says healthy streams are important, especially for communities that rely on the land around them. HUNA, as a community that relies on subsistence resources, meet many of its needs, especially around protein, need to have a landscape that can provide those resources. The Forest Service wants to grow partnerships like the one with HUNA. Fixing 700 stream crossings is a lot. It's a plan that spans nearly the whole southeast region, except for Prince of Wales Island. That island has 2,000 miles of mostly logging roads and has its own restoration plan. Many of the bad logging practices started changing in 1976 with the passage of the National Forest Management Act. It regulated the timber industry, limiting the size of clear cuts and how far away from streams they could be. Reporting for Coast Alaska in Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning.
0: Juno's Mendenhall Glacier is reaching its capacity for commercial tours. That happened sooner this year than in previous years due to the growing number of visitors, according to reporting from the Alaska Beacon. That means tour operators are also facing limits on how many permits they have to visit the Mendenhall Glacier Recreation Area, which is overseen by the U.S. Forest Service. A limit of around 517,000 visitors was set in 2015 after an environmental analysis of the area. It was increased. Slightly in 2019. But with the exception of the pandemic, the number of cruise ship visitors has grown. The cruise ship industry projected 1.65 million visitors to Alaska this year, the Forest Service said in a statement that it is asking for the public's patience and understanding. The agency is considering further expanding facilities at the glacier as a longer term solution. The proposed project is under review by the public. In a statement, Juno Deputy District Ranger Laura Buckheit described the public engagement with the proposal as being quote, in the final stretch, end quote. I'm Brooke Schaefer and this has been Raven News.